welcome to the Bridge the Divide podcast with Erica Turner and Heidi Wheeler, hosts and founders of the group Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. We hope to provide a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in problems and solutions in Ozaki County and beyond. to your children about race? Is it something that we should talk about? We can't just pretend like it's it doesn't exist. And um, I think it would make for a more a more complete education for your child if the parent is also educated, mm-hmm. right? Um, so talking to your children about race is not, it shouldn't be a scary thing. It shouldn't be a thing that we wait when there's a big flashpoint happening that we have to talk about it. I think it should be something that we do all the time. Um, it's it's something that shows, um, teaches the children how to respect everyone, no matter what they look like, um, how to love everyone, being a part of the community. And I think that it really is important for them to understand that some things are different between people. Some things are the same between people. And then overall, it'll just help them become better adults. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we have to do. And and how do we do it? Right. I, children are asking us to help them understand their world. And giving them support and understanding race is not only essential to development, but it's an essential part of teaching them language that will combat Um, patterns of bias and prejudice in the world. I think so. I think that um, a lot of the things that children learn are by um, doing Mm -hmm. and things that they see. And even with adults, if they're seeing things that don't, that they want to imitate and your reactions to things of race are going to, they're going to mimic those things. They're going to, if they see that you're fearful of certain kinds of people or certain people um, that look a certain way or dress a certain way, they're going to be fearful of them. And it's if it's uncomfortable for you, you can imagine it's going to be uncomfortable for for them. So I think that we've got to we've got to intentionally lay it out and, and talk to them about it. Right. So it's some of this ability to do this is facing your own fears yep. about the topic. I think a lot of us are afraid to talk about certain things depending on how we dealt with them in our past or mm-hmm. what our parent, how our parents did it with us. Right. In my home growing up, we didn't talk about race unless it was a, a joke maybe about mm-hmm. a different race. It was not necessarily respectful or, or talked about at all. Mm-hmm. And then in my own home now with my four kids, I am seeing the value of learning how to talk about different races and cultures in a respectful way. Because if we don't talk about it at all, they're not going to have the language um, to approach other people in difficult situations. Right, right. Um, As a person of color, you told me in the past that 
people of color always have conversations about the race with yes, their kids. <laughs> you want to tell us you, about that? You don't have much of a choice. Um, when I was younger, um, I was, I'm an only child and raised mostly by my mom. And um, our conversations about race weren't nice, sweet and fluffy conversations. They went more like um, you're different. They they being whites, because I lived in a mostly black community, they do not necessarily like you or believe that you're capable or able. So what you have to do is work twice as hard and do more than anybody else ever has done just to be seen as equal. So that was my my conversation for most of my life. And I, I chose not to frame it that same way with my kids, just a little tweaks, but you have to let them know about the differences because I did, I don't want, I didn't want, my kids are old now, but I didn't want them to hear, hear it in a bad way, framed poorly for the first time from someone else you either had, you had to be proactive you had to be proactive you don't you don't want it you want to prepare them for it not make them scared or fearful or defensive or bitter but you need to be aware because it's real and I think that it it prepared them to be able to to brace for something that that was going to come come at them so from your own mother it was a warning mm-hmm. watch out with your own kids it was a here's what you might see mm-hmm. and here are some did you find that you were playing out scenarios or um I, I did I, I I believe that it was I thought that they were very um, they were very simple it, it wasn't oh watch out because somebody's gonna come after you you know not something like that but you might get into um, a discussion at recess with a kid whose hair is different than yours and they might say that their hair is better than yours and it's not yours is great theirs is great and and don't be upset about it if it happens a lot of times maybe you should tell the teacher about it so it's it's just kind of bracing for the commonplace things that children notice that are different about each other not even necessarily um angry they're not necessarily trying to be mean they just there are just differences that kids notice. And again, like you said, if you don't give them the right words to be able to discuss it, then it can come out really poorly. And one of the children is offended and one walks away going, I don't know what the problem is. Right. Something I hear a lot from people and they say it in a way that's usually with pride. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see color. That's the whole <laughs> Erica's not rolling her eyes or anything. Nope. No, nope, uh, that's not it. The whole, whole I don't see color mindset. You know, a lot of white parents avoid talking about race, thinking that a colorblind child is a more inclusive child. Yet kids see the differences all the time. Yes. And when they're young, they're busy sorting out and categorizing their environment by an attribute mm-hmm. like putting like with like. And so right. they point out the differences amongst each other. They may not have judgments yet about right. that, right. but they're but they're at least noticing the differences. So when they're silenced or pick up on the idea that pointing out differences is not okay, they begin to internalize the fact that there might be something wrong or bad about mm-hmm. the differences. Mm-hmm. So this whole trying to foster colorblindness 
isn't necessarily going to be an effective approach. No, no. And I think it's, it's, um, we talked about it at one of our uh, Bridge the Divide meetings recently too, is how you're reacting. I understand if your kid is in the cart and they see a black person walk by for the first time Mm -hmm. ever, they might be a little surprised. They might be a little in awe. But if your reaction is to turn their face away or angrily fuss at them, we don't stare, you know, then it, even though you haven't had a conversation, it's still an event that's embedded in their minds that says, if you see something that's different, something in the the environment, if you see a person that's different, you shouldn't talk about it and it's bad. So everybody be quiet. We won't talk about it and we'll pretend like, you know, the elephant in the room is just kind of hanging out. And maybe it's because people don't know what someone who is different than them would prefer. True. Like I, you know, what is the best thing for me to say if my, at the time, two-year-old said that person's skin is brown? Mm-hmm. What do I say? Right. I, it, would that be offensive? So if I am not proactively preparing something to say, or we haven't talked about it, or we haven't read books at home, mm-hmm. then I'm caught off guard. And all I can think to do, I'm in my fight or flight mode. I got to right. get out of there and right. just get away before I embarrass, embarrass myself further. Right. So, right. And uh, we watched a, a TED talk yeah. for the, with uh, Beverly Tatum. And the first thing she said is, and no, that's, that person's skin color is not brown because they drink chocolate milk. So, you know, right. we're not going to tell them, we're not going to make up stories to tell them. <laughs> So after the break, we're going to talk about some proactive strategies you can use uh, when talking with your kids about race. Rather than being colorblind, we can raise our children to be color cognizant, and this requires intentionality as parents, or educators, or aunts and uncles, whatever you may be. Anyone who works with children has a role to play, and the books you check out from the library or provide at your library, the toys you buy, um, your friends' kids or your kids or any kids, Uh, You know, the superhero with olive skin as opposed to peach skin (laughs) or the movies we watch all have a direct impact on children's view of the world. So that we've talked about race and media on the podcast before episode number four, I believe. And 
Um, so what we are bringing into our kids' world, we are providing them with a view on race, whether we are being intentional or, or not. Yes. So right. might as well be intentional with the messages that we want to give them. Right, right. You gotta, you've got to give your kids credit for, like, you know, they will notice the difference and they will also notice the fact that you don't talk about it at all. Or if they ask the hard question, and why does mommy always run away when I ask this question about my friend Billy instead of talking to me, they, they pick up on those things. And um, for the toys that you play with, I, I've actually had some friends kind of question the toys that we had, the um, the pictures that are in our house, because we live and have lived frequently in mostly white areas, all of the toys in my house have brown skin. All of the pictures, if there are pictures with any people in them, the people have brown skin. And it's kind of a, a padding inside of our house because outside they were never going to see that. And how does that, how are they supposed to understand how they fit in the world if they never see a book or a t-shirt or a piece of art that has people in it that look like they do? So we kind of went overboard for our kids and made sure that was all they see. If it was a t-shirt, if it was a princess, it had to be a princess with brown skin or you weren't going to have that t-shirt. And that's just, you know, that's what we chose to do. I I like the idea of having all the colors and mm-hmm. mixing it up. I, I just remembered this. When I was a kid, probably six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, I got a, a Barbie for Christmas from my grandmother, and she was buying for a lot of grandkids. And she's kind of frazzled. She's trying to get all her presents ready last minute. And I opened it up, and everyone started laughing. And it was a, a Barbie who was a, a black Barbie. right? And the whole family thought that was hysterical because she accidentally bought me a black Barbie and why would I ever want to have right. one right. with a different skin color than my own? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I still have her mm-hmm. in my Barbie bin. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, why is that so funny? Right. Why, why is everyone laughing? Right. And you know, it shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't be that we have to keep, you know, just our own culture. I'm not faulting you for the way you raise your kids right. or the way anyone is trying to raise their kids, but it's something to think about if we are you know, a variety of colors mm-hmm. on this earth and we want to love all people, right. then we should be making sure that our kids know that there's more than just our, our race in the right. world. So I saw, a, I saw a Ted talk and I, I can't remember any of the details. This is terrible, but I saw a Ted talk and the, the gentleman um, that was doing the presenting was black. His grandchildren were white. Mm. So one of his grandchildren was coloring in a picture of a, a princess and he was doing the same. And I, I want to say that they were, it was from, maybe it was from Frozen and they were coloring them in and he colored his in brown and she colored hers in peach. And then she got very, very upset with him, like a full on tantrum because he was changing who her character was because he made her look like that. And so how you react when you're the parent and your child is having a full-on temper tantrum because their favorite Disney character now has brown skin, you know, again, not not making it something not making it more than it has to be. So you're not going to be upset with your with your uh child. 
You're not going to be um, you're not going to be angry with them. You're not going to try to force things down their throat. But you have to talk about it. You have to say, why are you so upset? And in this case, he thought it was really because that's that picture was ingrained in her mind and you changed the picture. And um, I think it, it looks like it was uh, Anthony Peterson was the, the person that did the, the TED talk. OK, so people can check that out. Right, right. I, I notice in my own kids, um, it's only been in the last maybe two or three years that I've really been trying to be a little bit more intentional about the way that we talk about race. And thanks to Erica, I have more books with Yay. people of different colors and I'm looking for those books. Um, but I noticed the other day my daughter was coloring a page of with a bunch of little girls who were gymnasts. Mm-hmm. She got this pa- coloring page after gymnastics and she was um, coloring them in all different skin colors. One was peach, one was tan, one was a darker brown. And she said, I just don't want kids with brown skin to feel sad if I don't have them on my page. So to me, that was a small win. Yes. Small win that she's thinking about, you know, even though there's not many in her school, not many in her town, that she's thinking that, you know, I could be friends with. I'm I'm like other kids. Right. And and they're like me. And I think... um, developmentally appropriate conversations are really important uh, considering the age of our kids. So, you know, in toddler years, kids are pointing out differences Mm -hmm. and um, it's a time that we can start thinking or having the conversation with them that yes, we, if we notice appearance and characteristics are different in other people, that's okay to notice that. Mm -hmm. But we also want to learn people's names and refer to them that way. Correct. So not, that's not somebody just with brown skin, that's Miss Erica. Right, or, right. Um, and you know what? That boy has brown skin and you have tan skin and you both like trucks. Mm-hmm. So finding a, a commonality between um, kids, like if you're at the park and... And I think yeah. there's there's a way, and you know your children, you know, you can't, you can't have one person tell you how all of your children work, but I think right. there's also a way when you're tiptoeing to let your child guide you into what other questions they have. If, if that was enough, if that's the conversation, they're like, Oh, cool trucks. And mm-hmm. they've gone off to play. Then you don't need to chase them down and give them a, a full on lecture about race relations in right. the U S you know, <laughs> let them, let them guide you on what they need. If they're still asking you questions, I think it's important that you are, are educated about the answers enough to give them correct answers you know like Mm -hmm. we were talking about you don't want your your 16 year old still thinking that chocolate milk is what caused somebody's skin to be brown you know so um but let them guide you so one thing we we've read about and talked about a little bit is that you know with your kids you are supposed to or should or it's advised that you have the talk when it comes to (laughs) you know sex yes well you also should have the talk when it comes to race and people are probably struggle with being comfortable about any, you know, all sensitive issues. Maybe they just weren't equipped or whatever as kids or they just, they don't know what they think or there's shame around an area. Um, but having the talk with your kids can save you, um, a lot of pain later, I Mm -hmm. would say a pain for them or Mm -hmm. you and them or, them and their future relationships, even people, they're going to, if they end up moving out of a all white town into a city right. and they've never had the talk, they're not going to be prepared right. for how to relate to people who have different characteristics. So, um, and then that's where your developmentally appropriate conversations come in. If you, if at every age you're trying 
small, small things, Mm -hmm. you know, you start with the dump truck Mm -hmm. with your kids in the sandbox Mm -hmm. and then you move into a kid that's in school and you talk about history, how Mm -hmm. history, you don't have the full history. Right. Uh, It's not all in your textbook and let's see what else we can read about. You've got sleepovers. I, I recall, I don't remember if it was my children or if they were friends of ours, but having the sleepover where all the girls get together and they're giggling and they're doing each other's hair. And then Mm -hmm. there's the, what do you mean you don't wash your hair every day? Oh my gosh, you're dirty. And then there, there is, you know, the one little brown child in this group of 10 girls who were having a good time. And now one is pulled out and you go and talk to a mom and say, well, you know, maybe you should talk about this, or this is what they said to me, and they were making fun of me. Oh, just ignore them. Oh, is that what you've had that happen? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not, I mean, how about the conversation of, no, that person is not dirty because they don't do their hair the same way that you do. Their hair is different. Your hair is different. We can talk about it. We can still, you know, play, ask, ask Susie, how she wants you to play with her hair or do her hair and you can still do it. It doesn't have to be a taboo subject that we just can't talk about at all. But when you do that, it has repercussions. You have a girl that's then 17 that's still having nightmares about her first sleepover Mm. with everybody else having the same hair except for her and, and her friend's mom not having a conversation with them to, to say that it was all okay and to help them get through it. Just don't talk about it and it'll be fine. Right. That never works. Well, after the break, we're going to discuss a few more strategies about talking to your kids about race. Another thing that that your kids may ask you about or that may come up are are holidays. Um, If you're in a homogenous community and everybody celebrates the same holiday and we're all off for Christmas and we're all off for this holiday or that holiday, how do you um, reconcile with them that some people celebrate different holidays? Some people don't. um, They're they're not going to do the same thing that you do for the same holiday. And, And since we're working um, at the beginning of October here, uh, with race, I always wonder about Columbus Day. We have our children in elementary school and middle school. They're going to um, start having discussions about this day off they're going to get. And are we still telling our children, no matter how small they are, that we have um, a hero in Columbus and all that he's done for us, or are we, you know, adding some truth to that history and not having them with um, uh, cultural appropriation in outfits that they're doing to depict um, this this beautiful thing that happened when Columbus landed in the U.S. in, in America and discovered our world? You know, I, I think there's got to be a time that we say, "All right, we've got to we've got to fix the narrative. We we got it wrong." or we padded it or covered it up, and now we need to say some of the things that really happened. How do you talk about indigenous folks and Native Americans and First Nations people and what they had to 
go through in fighting off the people that we are praising in textbooks as coming to discover America. Ah. <laughs> so how does, how does that work? I, I don't <laughs> know what to say. Out? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm always, I'm always a, a believer in presenting the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that our history books are biased. I mean, all of us carry biases, but there's systemic bias mm-hmm. in leaving out um, hard sides of the discussion. I don't right. know. Right. I don't remember a lot of uh, pushback discussions in my classrooms, history classrooms growing up. Right. Uh, and, you know, I've said before how frustrating that is to, as an adult, be learning all of this. Right. Why do I know this now? Should I have right. known Should that? Like, like 30 how, some how, odd years how ago. Get, how do I get through graduate school in a country? Right. And just be learning these things through self-education I don't understand uh, however now we're learning but we're learning now so we, what's what's the um uh is it Maya Angelou when you know better do better sounds good to is me is that right see okay uh, we'll have to see someone, I'll correct someone it fact next check. time if I <laughs> we'll do some fact checking so there I mean there's really an unending opportunities to talk to our kids about race I mean it's there's things that come up daily seasonally mm-hmm. like holidays like you said um and, and what we've been talking about is how do we give our kids a language to have these discussions? You and I are pro-racial justice mm-hmm. and anti-injustice, but we also, I think we care about doing it in a thoughtful, yes. peaceful way. Definitely. That's important to both of us. Definitely. And we understand that people have, are coming from different backgrounds and are learning along the way with us. And right. so... Um, yeah, we just, uh, so as you're learning, um, some other ideas are um, using a, a wide spectrum of color. So mm. people are not just black or white or brown. Do you remember that song when you were in Sunday school as a kid? Yes. Red and yellow, black and white? And w- is that historical or are we still doing that? I don't, I hope not. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So the kind of spectrum, the truth is that skin color is determined by something that's in your skin, melanin. And so do you have more or less? That is really, truly the only thing that's different about us. Our DNA is the same. Our genetics are the same. And not framing it as better or worse. It's just you have more, you have less. Correct. And so um, there's a whole spectrum of color shades on the color wheel, and they're all beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not just... White and black, but tan, right. olive, right. peach, light brown, darker right. brown. And, you know, explain it to kids that there's just this pigment in people's skin that makes it darker or lighter. Right. You know, people are all beautiful no matter what mm-hmm. t- tone the, the skin color And is. I think it would also help for children to be able to feel um, safe in asking a question when they have their best friend. I think we've all seen this video with the two boys who wanted to trick their teacher and pretend like they were twins. So they wore the same shirt and the same pants and one was white and one was black. And they're like, how we're twins. We got the same haircut. Oh, we're twins. You know, so when you have that kind of relationship with your buddy and you feel safe, if you have a question or you're not sure when you're, you know, the next two grades up, that you feel okay asking and your buddy feels okay answering. That it, you don't create this antagonistic relationship 
from the time that you guys were little. Your friends, you're talking about it. Your parents talk about it. Your community talks about it. If you don't know if your friend needs sunscreen when you go out to the beach Mm -hmm. together, you can just ask and they can just answer. And then it's done. And it's not something bigger than it has to be. But if we don't have the relationships, if you never have uh, the conversation from when you're small, then you get to be in your 40s and it's time to have the conversation. It's a lot harder conversation. So yeah. I think your point about relationship is really important because so many of us, we live, especially around Milwaukee, mm-hmm. we're so segregated. We're in yeah, this we very are. white, homogenous community. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people aren't having frequent contact with people of different races, at least right. not in, not a lot of the time or not a, a lot of people. And so, mm-hmm. um, one one thought is, you know, if you aren't in relationship with somebody of another color, you're making assumptions. And the other one is if you do ask questions, sometimes people can get tired of being the only Ooh. person of color. Does that which, happen? I think that happens. I think I've been <laughs> I think I've been told that by somebody I know. Somebody I don't know who And you so <laughs> to be the, the the token right. quote unquote right. person who has all the answers, it's just it's tiring, it's not helpful. Right. But if you are in relationship with someone, that's when you can really bridge the divide. Mm. Mm. Roll credits. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you know, taking your family and being intentional to expose them um, and celebrate different races or cultures can mm-hmm. help um, further the conversations you're having. We we live 25 minutes from Milwaukee right. here in Cedarburg. And there's festivals all the time downtown. Mm-hmm. There's jazz clubs. There's restaurants. Go and leave our town. Mm-hmm. Get out mm-hmm. and go meet with people and celebrate other cultures. And you can tell your kids that you're doing that or you cannot. Your kid might just know that every other Friday we go to this cool movie night uh, at what Veterans Park, I think, has one out there. And they just know that that's something that they do. It is, they don't have to know that you're doing it for this reason if they're not old enough to. Right. Depending on the age. And if yeah. they're older, you can say, you know what? What we have in our town, mm-hmm. we like a lot of things about our town, mm-hmm. but we don't like that there's not a lot of colors right. in our town. Right. And so we're taking you into the city right. so you can see that there's a lot of different colors and they're all beautiful right. and everyone's adding. Right. And so I, it, it depends on your family and it and does. the age of your kids. But, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then probably another point that we should make is how helpful books can be to yeah. the conversation. Right. Do you have any books that uh, have been really helpful to you? Well, I, I think that it's funny for me because there are books that I started hearing about in the last few years that I started reading. And it's just it's my life. And it's funny to, to know that there's a book about it and people have been talking about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's not everybody's experience. That's right. That's why you have to read that in the book. So I've been, I've been still working through warmth from other sons from Isabel. Yeah, it's a long book. It's a long book. So I've been listening to it and, and still working through that, um, that book and learning. I knew that my mom came to, um, Cleveland from Atlanta, but other than if your parents move, you move, you know, why? And and if there's a way to be something other than a, a domestic worker and not be able to use the same bathroom as someone else. And oh, look, up north you can. So we have those kind of books. But even with um, 
children's books, I think some of them need to be, uh, let me teach you about black history. Let me teach you about justice. And some of them really just need to be, oh, look, kids play. Here's the playground. And let them see just that all the kids look different on the playground. Right. And it doesn't have to be with, I mean, it is with a purpose, but it doesn't have to feel like it's with a purpose, mm-hmm. that they're just kids playing. And I think that they absorb that when they see it more often and not just right. once in a while. Right. A couple of recommendations are The Skin You Live In by Michael Tyler is great for to- toddlers. All of the Colors of the Earth by Sheila Hamanaka is kindergarten appropriate. And The Colors of Us by Karen Katz are good for elementary aged kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just got out of a free book library, uh, The Long Walk to Water is a story about um, a refugee boy. And my daughter's going to read that. Nice. Um, So it, you know, there's not just black and whites in America. Mm -hmm. There's also a whole world out there. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. Everyone's experience is different, and the more you can be exposed to it, I think the more empathy you can have, and definitely the more. Willing. And starting young, start young, definitely gives you the leg up when you get to the really hard times. Things aren't hard for a lot of kids when they're young, and they can mm-hmm. have the right vocabulary, have been a part of the, these relationships, so that when things get a little tougher when they're older, they can deal with them better. I think. Right. Well, we are wrapping up here. We're so glad you listened. We'd love to have you submit questions. We have a Bridge the Divide Facebook page. You can like uh, like our page and submit questions there. Um, And we also have um, a a moving on up studio here at uh, Cedarburg Public Library. And hopefully soon we'll be able to bring some live podcasts so that you'll actually have the opportunity to call in while we're on the air. So you're going to have to have some plants because that'd be really embarrassing if no one called it. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll, just, around the we'll have some songs to sing in between in case you oh, don't call in. But, be special. but we want we want to talk about things that are relevant to you. And and, you know, if you submit some questions or just just a thought, an idea, we'd love to, to uh, include that in the podcast. Yep. 